0: Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface-level conversation?
1: Not us. I'm Samantha. And
0: I'm Christian, two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of
1: life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because yep, we're we're going going there. there. Hello, we are back for week three of our Locking Jesus Out series. Week three. Week three. I was trying to make
0: like a little lock sound, but I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) We just watched Up the other day, and do you remember the scene where the old man is, like, all grumpy? His wife has died? Yes. And then he has to lock all of his doors. You know, he has, like, 15 locks. Yes. So, like, yes. it's, like, a good analogy for, like, yeah. where is that? Are you in that? Do you have 12 locks on your door? Yeah. Maybe just one. Is it locked? It down, is it open?
1: Knock it down a few locks maybe after this series.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Carl was locking everything out.
1: Carl was, yeah, he was sad. He was grieving. He was really sad. I love that movie.
0: I know. It's so good.
1: I Actually... I feel like adults loved that movie more than kids did. Same, like I think the kids liked it.
0: balloons. Yeah. But then the other, the, everything else is like too complex of a story. I mean, it's a, like a really deep story. Yeah, and it's really long. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, for a kid's yeah. movie or something. I don't yeah. know.
1: Definitely some Disney movies that this is how they keep their Disney adults. Now, some of you, yeah, anyways, I won't even go there about Disney, but I'm such a Disney lover. So, anyways, we are jumping back into our series today. We've explained this on every episode, but just as a reminder, or if you're jumping in fresh to each episode... Christian and I have taken a different approach on this series and we're kind of taking turns splitting it up two and two to kind of teach one another and you all about this topic and then the other person will be like jumping in but I really love doing it this way because I think it's freed us up to each like really dive deep into what we're discussing and take our own take on it and then it's like fun to just come in and with fresh eyes you be able to like add commentary just like if some of you were sitting across from us having coffee hearing us talk about this so Today, we're talking about locking Jesus out of our time and our stuff and basically money and resources. And like, I like to think of it as like our energy, like how we spend our time. And I mean, all of these are heavy because they're heavy topics. But this one, I think, is one of the easiest to kind of like lock away in a sense. Like some of the other ones are a little bit more obvious. Like maybe not. I don't know. We could each take that. I think this one is the most like justifiable in some ways because it's like, okay, I do need to like protect my money or like that's not really anyone else's business or my energy, like I do need to rest. Like we we kind of preach that too. And so we're not saying that you should never, you know, have time to rest or hide away and refresh. But I do think we've gone a little bit far on the other end of like make everything about you and what you need. And we forget that we're actually super commanded over and over in the Bible to be really generous with what we have. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, I think it's easy. It's like the easiest one to, like you said, lock away and like kind of not totally give over to Jesus because it's really easy to be like, well, I worked really hard for my money. Like this is my money. I put in a lot of time and energy to receive this back in return or my house. Like we saved really hard for 15 years to buy this awesome house. And so my house is like going to be my, little safe haven where like, I don't let people come in or I don't want it to be shared. And I want it to be perfect all the time. Like, I think it's really easy to justify, you No, know, like there is a sense of like, I have worked really hard for this. And so it is mine. And like, God doesn't need to rule or reign in that area of my life.
1: And as I was thinking through this a few weeks ago, why I think it is hard in that way is like it is still something that's challenging for me to think about all of my stuff as not my own because it's like so arbitrary. It's like, I mean, we're buying little kid name tags to put on everything when we send it to daycare. Oh, I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. I was just saying, I'm
0: like, I'm like, we are trained in a culture of like, so obsessed. like this oh, is yeah. my stuff, like physically. I mean, we buy name tags and like have all the things right. to like brand everything we have right. of, like, this is Emerson's, this is Grimms, this right. is Right. I mean, like we're just trained, like even in yeah. the, like really dumb ways to label all of our stuff as yeah. like, it is ours.
1: And more like you said earlier about when you have worked for something, then you feel like you're rewarded in that way. And so we're going to get into it, but it really just comes down to this deep like, love of self and thinking that we deserve what we never have been told we deserve. So I was thinking like, it's really easy to say we're following Jesus, but it's kind of, I mean, it's a lot harder, we all know this, to follow through with that with our decision and our actions. And I think it's also really easy to justify that God doesn't actually care about how we spend our time and money to ourselves because there's maybe sometimes there's things that could seem like a bigger issue in our life. Like, well, I do know God cares about this. He doesn't really care how I budget my money or how I give my money or how I serve. But that's just not the case because money is mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. Like that shocked me. I mean, I know it's mentioned a lot, but 800 times. And as we study the life of Jesus, we see really clearly that He was extremely intentional with how he spent his time. So he was really sacrificial with both. I mean, he could have come to Earth and just lived a life like a king, like he was. But he didn't live a life of opulence. He was super humble in the way that he lived. He never even had a home. I mean, talk about our generation being obsessed with having the dream home, it's like he never even had one. He had no place to retreat and have comfort. Now, of course, he did take time away from crowds, but like the majority of his life was spent being surrounded by people. It's like, I'm sure he was like tired from walking town to town and preaching all day, but then someone would approach him. And more often than not, we see him in scripture give of his time. It's like, wow, that is not me at all. And like, That's also not us to expect that of one another's because we're so about like protecting people's peace and preserving their time and giving space and energy. So like, don't hear me say that you don't need alone time or you don't need rest or to be refueled. We know that. And a lot of episodes, we've actually talked about that. But for today, we're really focusing on the other extreme of that about how we hoard that away and how scripture commands us to do the opposite. Yeah, he just didn't live a life of convenience at all. And that's kind of what we're all about is how can I make my life more convenient? I was actually thinking the other day as I was doing like my third grocery pickup order of the week or something and just being like, oh my gosh, thank you God for grocery pickup or any kind of pickup, especially after COVID, we have even more of that. Can you imagine like our moms didn't have any of this? I will find out my daughter needs something for a camp next week and I will open up my phone and order it on Amazon. I'm like, they literally would have to run around town and like collect and gather all these things. And I know some of you listening are like laughing because that makes us sound so dumb or entitled. Or privileged privileged. or something. That's just the world we live in that we can do that. We have a lot of luxuries with our convenience. And I think I hear especially in the Christian sphere, there's not a lot of distinguishment between like this idea of comfort that we might not always need to be seeking comfort in our life. Like there are times that because we are Christians, because we are following Jesus, like we should be choosing, even if we have access to other options to bring us comfort, like we should be choosing a more sacrificial way. And so we're gonna get into that. I also think time and money are two of the easiest things that can be like seen from the outside and whether or not you should live like this. Like people do observe how you spend your money, how you spend your time, and it's like a really really great way to go against what culture sh- says like you should be doing and live in a different way. I know a few people that have just like all the money they could want in the world But the way that they spend is in such a humble way that like you would never know. And it just makes them so approachable. And the things that then they've been able to do with their money or like I still look at their lives and think like, wow, you get to take incredible trips and like have amazing experiences. But what I think marks their lives more so is the way that I know they've given or the way that they like will share that with like that wisdom with other people. And so I think that's a good question to kind of like ask yourself as we get started. A few other questions I wanted to ask before we just like jumped into it that really made me kind of think, okay, where am I at with this? I can tend to struggle with this. These questions were humbling. So do I only give money from excess I have? Like that's good because do we only kind of look at like, well, I'll give if I have extra If all my needs are met and then all my wants are met too, like then I can throw some change in or whatever. Do I obsess over finances or find myself always talking about things I want to buy or just bought? Oh my gosh, like I can tend to do this because we like chatting about our new things, but I have one friend in particular, or not even a friend, like actually an old acquaintance more, that like every conversation was just about should I buy this? I wanna buy this. Can I buy this? Oh my gosh, I just bought this. And it's like, okay, cool. Let's talk about something else. It's like this obsession with like it's never enough. Oh, and I wanted to say going back to obsessing over finances, we're going to talk about this more later too, but it can also be a separate mindset of like hoarding. Like do mm-hmm. I obsess over saving, idolizing, idolizing a like budget a stockpile, or- a budget, like I can't like splurge to buy my friend a $2 coffee because it would be outside the lines of like what I need to spend on, you know? okay, do I only sign up to serve when it fits in my schedule or somehow benefits me? Again, there's some reality that like you can't overextend yourself. But I think a lot of times we sign up to serve when we're thinking about like, how is this going to bless me or give me return or like, oh yeah, just like the money thing. I'm only going to serve if there's like this season where my time is really freed up. Not a lot of sacrifice. Another one is Is my first thought towards any extra income, a bigger house, car, or trip, rather than thinking of ways I could bless extravagantly? So I think this is interesting, especially if you live in any kind of career where you would get like a bonus or you would, yeah, like just get extra income that you weren't expecting. Would your first thought be to, okay, yay, how can I spend this? Or is it, how could I be like wise with this? It might not even be giving, but it might just be some way that would be more honoring to God. How do I pack my schedule in a way that only serves me and leaves me no time or energy to serve others? Do I view hosting as a way to bless others or a means for more friends and more, I feel dumb saying this word, but clout for myself? Like, am I hosting because I like to show off all that I can do, or am I doing it in a way to serve? Do I overspend and act careless with my money instead of thinking of the needs of others? And am I close-fisted with my money with friends or relatives? So that was kind of like the coffee example. So all of these are questions that I was just thinking through. Some of them have personally struggled with or had to ask myself or even like seen myself go down roads making mistakes and kind of had to like turn around and go back to that. So we see kind of locking this stuff away play out in a variety of ways. We say things like, okay, God, you can use me, but not to serve on Sundays if it messes with my kids like traveling sports schedule or God, I'll give you a little bit of money here or there, but not if it changes my lifestyle or any way that makes me give up comfort. We could even say, God, I'll seek your will in other areas of my life, but I just don't want to have kids or have more kids because it costs too much and it won't leave any time left for me. That is a little bit of a like, ooh. God, I know I should invite someone over for dinner and grow my community, but the prep just takes so long and it's so expensive. Or, God, I know I should trust you with my finances, but I'm constantly stressed out and I feel like I have to do it on my own, putting me into a scarcity mentality. So, these are all things that I think are really common to think. Like the kid one for me is like interesting because if a friend told me that they had decided not to have more kids or not to have kids because of financial reasons or even just like time and energy reasons, like there again is wisdom to that, thinking that through. But I think sometimes we look at options and we could make things work, but we aren't willing to give up the extra wiggle room in a budget or saying, oh, if we had another kid, we wouldn't be able to afford the kind of vacations we like, or it would be harder to make this or that work. And it's like, we're not really looking at Okay, God, what is your will for my family? How will you protect and provide for us? And I don't have to make it all about putting it on my back.
0: And again, kind of like what we said, it's easy because some of this stuff is more even use your like whole series analogy, like locked away, you know, like we could easily be giving in other areas, but really like hoarding in other areas of our finances. Or, you know, we could be speaking in our marriage and saying, hey, let's not give 10%. Let's actually only do 8%. Because remember, we're taking that vacation. And we need that money to do that. I mean, that would be really easy to cut corners and not really say, no, Lord, I, like, I trust for you to provide and like sustain us how you see fit for our good and your glory. And it's easy to pass that stuff by. Yeah, for sure. So those are convicting.
1: Yeah. Okay, so where does this leave us? I was just thinking through so much and I'm like, what is the root of this? Like what damage does this cause? And like, where does it all kind of come from? And I think it's ultimately this just discontentment and comparison. Like, we just never have enough time. We never have enough money. We've never taken enough trips. We'll never get to do as much as so-and-so. We'll never... It's just never, never, never enough. And don't you wish sometimes, like, I don't know if you've ever thought this. I wish that people, like, had to wear their, like, finances on their sleeve. Is that crazy? No. Like, I actually think in a lot of ways that could... Not even the playing field. That's the problem. Like, you shouldn't be worried about it, evening it. But I think sometimes we get into this mindset that everyone else is like better off than we are. And it's coming from not being able to look around you and say, like, look at all I have. I mean, we've all heard our parents talk about, like, oh, well, compare yourself to this person in a third world country or like other people around the world. You have so much more. And it's like, that's easy to hear and think, okay, sure, that's true. But like, we don't live that way at all. We're constantly thinking, Everyone else has more than me, and I want to get to that spot. Same with, like, time. It's like, oh, well, everyone else just seems to be less busy than I am, have more freedom than I do in their job or their lifestyle, and I want that. There was a quote that I found from Benjamin Franklin, Good old Ben, Benji. Benji. He said, content makes poor man rich. Discontent makes rich man poor. Like, that is so true. That is so true. I remember someone telling Justin and I and just hearing this growing up, too, of like when we started out in our marriage, if you do not start out in a practice of giving with little, then you're not going to be able to give with much. And I think that's so true because it's easy to say like, oh, well, I'll give more with my money or even with my time. You could say your time, too. Like, I'll give more with my money once I'm making X amount. But if you're not practicing that with small amount, you're not going to do that. That's not where the condition of your heart is or the posture of your heart is. And so you won't follow through with that. I just know you won't. Well, and there's a reason that money,
0: again, is mentioned 800 times in the Bible. It's a
1: problem. Yeah. I mean, God knew that
0: these people are going to be obsessed with how they can envision or feel a sense of control. And in that way, finances makes us all feel a little bit in control, a little bit like I've got this. And so when we're not willing to give in small ways when we have less, then for sure when we have more, we're not going to be in a practice of that to be able to give.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, I was... Again, thinking through all of it and I'm like, what makes money so messy? I mean, I guess my point in this too is saying like maybe money has a way bigger impact on our lives than we're even realizing in our Christian faith because God knew it was so important. But I think what makes it messy is like we all come into either marriages or friendships or like we're all walking around with different views on money, different backgrounds on money, different ways that we think is like right or wrong to spend or give or live. And so I think that also fogs everything up because we can think like, okay, well, I'm doing okay because I give this way and that person doesn't or and we just don't see like we don't see how people are choosing to spend. Like you said something recently about someone. I was like, yeah, but at the same time, like from the outside, you don't know if someone is in a ton of debt. You don't know if people are giving. You don't know these things that it's like, I guess at the end of the day, like it's not our business. But that reminds me, it's like people don't know then what my situation looks like. So I want to make sure that I am being really diligent with bringing things to God. And maybe there are a couple of people in your life that you trust to speak into that of like, hey, I know money is a really taboo thing to talk about but we're going to let you in on some really private parts of our finances and we want to give you permission to speak in. I mean, I feel like to some people that would literally make them vomit. Some people are
0: sweating right now.
1: That would make you vomit because I mean, okay, just to be honest, there's been times in our marriage where my spending will get out of control and Justin has literally printed out Our PayPal, our Venmo. Oh, the worst. No, seriously. A PayPal, Venmo, whatever else there is that I pay for things on. And it's like, he can't always see those payments. And so he wants me to explain, like, what did you buy with all this? Or he'll then look at my, like, everything frivolous spending, my Sephora, my whatever accounts. And it is so humiliating. It's so humiliating because it's like, I didn't mean to do that. Like deep down, it's like, oh shoot, I didn't mean for that to happen. But it's just these seasons you can easily get in. And maybe you're someone who's like, I've never been there. I don't struggle with that. I think it can go the other way too. But I think most of us can struggle with like wanting things and just spending in a way that we're not being thoughtful. And I've always had to be humble and say like, I'm so sorry I wasn't being thoughtful in purchases. And that's not honoring to you. That's not honoring to our family. That's not honoring to God. And it's good for me to have those moments because it like puts you back on track
0: what andrew and i always talk through when we also have the same conversations because he's like christian i know your intent because i'll say the same thing i'm like oh my gosh like i'm so sorry yeah i was like probably buying birthday presents or yeah, like oh i just is, like, bought not that for thing because it was on yeah. sale or like the kids needed new sandals and i like, bought them what like it's just all these things that he always says i know your intent was not like not wise or you're not spending that money that we don't have but like also, you're not putting intent towards thinking it through right. and you're not putting intent towards like, do we need that money? I swear. Or is that wise? And I'm like, yes, yes. And like, we can both do the same thing. It's not my husband like coming down on me, yeah. but I'm like, oh, I think that's my marriage, true. It's so me. I mean, I think it's true though. Like, yeah, I don't have an intention of it going poorly, but it's kind of like no plan is a plan to fail or what's yeah. the thing, you know, like yeah. if you don't have a plan, then you're going to fail. If you don't, and don't so have if a plan, are not being plan to intentional fail. about yes. If we're not being intentional about being wise and stewarding our finances or our time well, then it's going to go poorly Mm -hmm. because we're humans and we're frivolous and we're prideful and we're righteous and, you know, all these things.
1: Well, and just to dig in even more, like I'll say those same things and it's like, yeah, my kid might have some sandals that are like slightly dirty, but it's like did I really need to do that? Or did I really need to go over the top? Like, And again, it's easy to justify. Well, I give a lot with gifts. Like, okay, did I really need to like spend in that way? Like maybe that's holding us back from blessing in another way that isn't again so frivolous. Like it doesn't always have to be like stuff to like make people happy. But yeah, we just live in this world that it's really, really hard. Like we have to be battling it. I have taken like the past two summers completely off of Instagram and something I noticed that was not my intention the first time I did it but I spent so much less money because I'm so used to watching influencers link things tell me to remember it's not swipe up anymore that's crazy just click on the link you know or Um, comment link comment link or like even for me what's comment link like, they're now
0: all asking to, like, go to their like to know what oh, page, you comment to link. No, no,
1: no, no, no. Then, I actually, side note, have unfollowed anyone that does that. I think it's so everyone's annoying. Everyone's doing it now. It's no, so none of the ones I follow do it. I'm so thankful. If they start, all unfollow. It's so annoying. I mean, I get it. They're just trying to, like, get engagement. But anyways, yeah, I spent so much less because I'm like, it is in our face all the time. And it's kind of like you don't realize what you like. If you're just in bliss about it, like you don't see it, you don't need it. Like it's our brains. It's literally I studied marketing in school and it's literally what they're trying to do, like throw things in front of your face to make you think you have to have it. So moving on from that, we're never truly satisfied with our time or money, and we hoard things to ourselves and say the things like, well, I've earned it or I deserve it. And this, I think it's just so tricky because it's like, okay, I work really hard for my money. I deserve to get to spend it how I want. It's like, well... Yeah, but God commanded you to work, but not for any kind of earthly gain because it's commanded to us. And then he also tells us that our money that we have and our things that we have are not ours, but they're his. Same with our time. It's like, we really don't own our time the way we think we do. Like I know I can try to like plan out my days perfectly and spend them in the perfect way that I can like be with my kids some, but also get some time for me and then like see this friend, but also retreat with my husband. It's like, What could happen with my week, with my day, with my year, if I was a little bit more open-handed with, hey, God, how do you want me to spend my time this summer? I think it would be like really convicting and really amazing. We keep buying more stuff, but we're more unhappy. That is just the epitome of our culture. I think, again, going to a third-world country kind of idea, it's like if you've ever been on a mission trip or seen movies or seen things, it's like you know that people in third-world countries have nothing. But they're happier. They seem more content. They seem more fulfilled. It's kind of like what I was talking about with being off of Instagram. Like you just don't know that you want something that you can't see. And so it's like they're just living these lives where they are grateful for every little thing that they have. Every meal, they are truly grateful they have food to eat or feed their children. And what could happen if we lived like that? All of this, I think, just adds to our self-centeredness and kind of also is bred from that. So when we can't give any of our time, money, or resources, we make it about ourselves. There's no sacrifice displayed when we live like that because sacrifice is required for giving. I mean, if I am giving something away, my time, my energy, my money, then I am sacrificing yes. It's like we've talked about in other episodes. If I'm saying yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. And so- We're not good at doing that. Like I was praying through that a few days ago of like, Lord, help me this summer as I'm just have some extra time to spend talking with you and knowing you like help me to work on reminding myself that like I'm not naturally bent towards sacrifice and I want to be. I want to sacrifice my comfort more. I don't want it to be about me. And so I think it's okay to ask God to help us with that. And so all of this is kind of just helping perpetuate a culture of obsession of stuff and self. And so that's what I mean when I say, like, we have a really easy way to show the world that we're different if we choose to spend our time and money in a way that the world would look at it as like, why would you do that? I think that in those people I've talked about that have a lot of money, I think that it's an amazing way for the world, for people who aren't Christians to be like, what is different about them? And then it's quickly easy to realize like, oh, they're Christians. They really believe in giving a lot of their money away or they really believe in like, Not just buying stuff to collect more stuff, but having purpose in things they buy. Again, I do not believe it's wrong to like drive a nice car or to take a nice trip. But like, like you were talking about with Andrew, your conversation—like—is there thought and purpose in it, or is it just like willy-nilly, like swipe, swipe, swipe? Mm -hmm. You know, or is the thought or
0: purpose impure? Like, I mean, you can have an ill intent too, and so I think you have to think about that. The whole reason that we're having these series, I like love this conversation because I think. Again, we're challenging ourselves, and we hope that you feel challenged in this conversation too, that the gospel and Jesus himself and how he lived his life should transform every area of our life. And when you talk about time and money... There is an aspect that, like, we should look different. We're commanded to look different and we should look transformed. Again, we can probably all think of an example of a time that we were able to see someone who followed Christ and believed that he was their Lord and Savior and lived differently in a way that it was so attractive that you're like, I want a piece of that. I want to know, like, what is so different about you. And so, again, we're called to a transformed life. And for some reason, we know that's impactful, but we're not willing to do the work to live that out for Mm -hmm. ourselves.
1: Yeah. When I'm speaking about like intention, like you said, yeah, the intention being like, is this honoring to God? Like, are we putting everything through that funnel? Or like, I was thinking of it as, is this choice I'm making going to make me look more like the world or more different than what the world would say? And something that I think we could do a whole episode on, and maybe we've shared, I can't really remember, but just this idea that everything that God says is true and right is opposite from what the world would say. So that's actually this concept of like the upside down kingdom. Like he has flipped what our world would say yes to upside down and said, actually, it's going to look really different. And I think it confuses people and it can maybe like rub people the wrong way or something because it's not what they would do or how they understand it to be. But I think it's a really easy way to show a different way of living. And especially I think when you're living like that, More peace comes, more joy comes, more contentment comes. So that's also going to be overflowing in your relationships. So, okay, we've talked all about like the problem, how we are deep down, our sinful, sinful nature, but what are we missing in this? So how do we think more about this? I've mentioned this and we have talked about it on like Q&As. We could probably do way more in depth. It's a very, it's a hard thing to like grasp, but I don't think it's wrong to enjoy nice things in life to get to go get a starbucks coffee and have it as a fun treat or to buy a fun piece of clothing that you've been eyeing or saving up for you know we're all in different spectrums on the financial scale so sometimes we talk about things like something that we would view as like why would you spend your money on that like to them, that's the same percentage in their budget as like a $5 coffee could be for us. And so it's like, you can't really compare those things. And I think it's okay to have those things or even to like bank away time to catch up on your favorite show or just take a break. But I think, like I was saying in the beginning, I think our culture has given way too much space to this idea that like we deserve more for ourselves and we deserve to treat ourselves and to heal ourselves and to do all of these things to make it be about ourselves versus, hey, yes, that's important to some aspect. But then also like, remember, we were called to live a life that's completely not about us and about worshiping God and then like serving others through that. And then this is kind of just an easy one for my brain, maybe harder for some people, but we're being disobedient when we don't live this way. Because like we talked about, God commands us to care about how we spend our time and money. It's not really an option. And something I wanted to throw out when you were talking about the 10%, I think a lot of people might not realize like it is biblically commanded that we give money. So, you know, if you're part of a local church or if there's organizations you're a part of, like, it's not an option to give money to the church. That's uncomfortable, I think. And I don't know if our church, like, I don't want to say like they don't do a great job, but like sometimes I think that maybe they could just explain more about like why that's commanded because it seems awkward when a church is like asking you to give them money, but that's actually what the Bible commands. Again, sometimes it's hard for us to see purpose in the way of God's design, but sometimes you just have to trust it. And then I think when you're able to do that, you see the benefit of it. Like when Justin and I give, you see the way that, okay, like God commanded us to do this I think as a ritual, as a practice in our hearts to say like, what you're giving me each month in my bank account is not just mine to hold, but mine to give some of. And that's just a good practice. It like then goes into other areas of our life. And
0: again, the commandment of giving that 10% is not out of excess of what you have. Like I've met all my wants, I've met all my needs, and now I can give 10%. It's like 10% at the first. first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the first of what I'm receiving is yours, God. And even in that act, I mean, we talk about this all the time on our podcast, but in the ways that again, in the Bible, we are given so many examples and just laws and commands that God has designed for our good. And he knows that we as people who are going to hoard money, hoard our stuff that we think is ours, it is good practice for us to give him 10% first as a act of worship to say, no, Lord, like you own this. It's not mine. I don't even have to fret of how the rest of my life is going to play out because like I trust you with my first and my best. And that is the commandment. And that's why he calls us to do that. So, yeah, if you don't, if you haven't never heard that or don't know much about that, we encourage you to learn more and read more scripture about it because it is a command and we're called into that.
1: Yeah. You know, when we've done a Q&A, we had some questions from people like, we like wanting to ask the pastors like, well, okay, wait, should I be giving like my 10% out of like before tax or after tax? Like, what about bonuses? Like, I think if you're asking those questions, like just spend some time in prayer, because I don't think that God is like asking you to be so specific to like how our culture structures, like your paycheck every month or whatever it is. But He is asking us to have a heart posture of giving. And so like, if you're asking a lot of those questions, like don't get caught up in that, but like be prayerful and then come to your own conclusion on those things. One other thing to kind of consider when we're talking about this is, Because money and finances and things like that are really taboo to talk about openly, I think it becomes a very easy place for sin to kind of fester because it's really hidden. And we know that where sin is hidden, it festers. And when it's brought into the light, that's where actually it's like put to death. And so I just think it's such an easy place to let those lies and those hidden things continue to sit there. And that's where it could be good to bring someone in. Okay, so going to scripture, we see over and over that God commands us to give. We've said that a few times, but one thing I wanted to talk about is like three things that happen when we're generous. So the first thing that happens when we are generous that like kind of benefits us in a way is we are able to change lives. We're able to physically help people, bless them, and that in turn enriches our lives. And like, I know it's making that about ourselves again, but that is part of it. Like it does something to us too when we're able to give to others. Some of the last words spoken by Jesus were quoted by the Apostle Paul in Acts twenty thirty five, And he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when you're generous, both parties get blessed, but the giver gets more because God fills up your account again. So kind of going back to this idea of the upside down kingdom, like he actually has purpose in blessing us too, through the way that he commands us to give. It also helps connect us with others. Proverbs 11.25 says that he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So think about when you've had the opportunity to serve at a soup kitchen or in a way or give your money to someone to help them out. Like I'm thinking of if you've ever kind of sponsored a family for like a Christmas gift or whatever, and you're able to help provide gifts for their kids or something like it connects you with them. It draws you nearer to people that God wants us to see in our communities, in our worlds in our one world, I guess I should say. <laughs> it also helps reshape our thinking and shift us back to what matters most. So I think your heart goes where your money flows. Kind of like what? Your heart goes where the money flows.
0: I like started. that idea. like yes.
1: a, Yeah, like people say, what's in your heart will kind of come up. And I think if you want to see someone's heart, you look at how they spend their money and you can get a really good idea of like, oh, this is what they care about. Where we spend our money is where we're putting our care. And it's a big revealer of who you are or who or what you value. Jesus really cautions us from storing treasures on earth where they can rot or be stolen. And he instead says to focus on the sort of treasures that belong in heaven. So in scripture in Matthew 20 through 21, he said, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, another little story I wanted to read as we get to the end is I think a lot of people might know this story actually last week and or a couple weeks ago in Crossing Kids, like our children saying, I think this was the story. And my daughter like kept saying it all day, like the lady gave, even though she didn't have much. She just like kept repeating that over and over. And it's the widow's offering. And so I'm going to read this. It says, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. And then this is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. So again, that's reiterating this visual we've been giving of like, okay, God doesn't ask for us to just throw some coins in from excess that we have, but this woman came and gave everything she had, and that was way more meaningful, even though it was less in amount than these rich people throwing in their extra change. So God views things in a backwards way from how our culture does. So this story sheds light on his heart and the way he wants us to think about our giving, specifically with money. Matthew 5, 16 says in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your God in heaven. So the way we spend our money, the way we spend our time displays Christ on earth, but we can't do that if we're locking him out of this part of our lives because it'll show. Again, we've said that, but reiterating, like it's a really easy way to separate yourself from the way that the world lives. Yeah, I kind of shared earlier, just like it's personally a challenge for me. Like I like things. I think we all do if we're honest, but it. I think it displays itself differently. Like Justin could be really content just wearing the same clothes for like five years in a row, but it's hard for me. It's something I'm constantly having to come back to. I think we all have sin struggles and for girls, especially again, I, I've been like stereotyping girls a lot recently in the episodes, but it's sometimes stereotypes, stereotypes. are things because they're true though. Yeah. We I just mean. tend to consume a lot of things and I'm challenging myself as I pray through giving up Instagram again for the summer, or whatever, like. We're like convinced that we need and want things because other people tell us we do, or even in friendships. It's like, you know, sometimes our group of friends, it's like, I think we can get consumed because it's fun to chat about new things we're buying or what we're wearing or what we're doing. Like, are we so consumed with what we have that that's taking away from conversation that could honestly be a lot more fruitful if we talked about something else? Again, not wrong to like chat about it every once in a while, it's just a slippery slope. I have heard some different stories about cool ways that people have decided to like live with their in terms of their finances. So there's a couple I know that they make a lot of money but they still live on a budget from like years past before they were making that bigger amount and then with that extra income they give they invest they save so again like it doesn't have to be like oh you give everything away but like are you just being thoughtful in a way to honor god of like well how could i invest this then to like pass on or to give to someone else and i thought that was really cool there was also a sermon. I know you listened to it too. I can't remember if it was from Watermark or if it was from the Harris porch. Creek. Harris <laughs> Creek. It's a church in Waco, Texas. There was this sermon about this guy who he knew he was in a career that he was going to end up making a lot of money. Like he knew the trajectory. And so he spent like a year praying and he fixated on a number he said like once I make or if I make and once I make this amount of money anything above that like I'm gonna choose to give and he did that and so I'm not saying that we have to do these but these are just inspiring ways of like hey We can live in a different way. Like we can reframe the way that we think about money and it could be really beneficial. Even last night we were interviewing, you guys would have already heard it now, our friend Kate was sharing about her foster care and adoptive journey. And we were just outside after talking in the parking lot of our studio, just, you know, she's really pregnant and she has two other kids at home that are really young, three or almost four and two. And then they're also like have a temporary foster placement of a five-month-old. And she was up last night with us recording until like 10 or whatever. And she had been up since like 2.45. And on my drive home, I was just like, Lord, please forgive me for the ways that I'm so selfish with my time. You know, I, I tend to just make it about me. Or like if I was Kate, I probably would act like I deserve a once a week, like, give me a day. I get to go get my pedicure. I get to go see my friends. I just need this. Like, I deserve it. And again, while there is truth, like we can't totally burn out, I think I would have a lot more energy to do the things that God has put in my lap to do if I had a different perspective on it. Okay, so like all of that I've shared. What are your thoughts? Like how do you struggle in this? What's your experience? I'm smirking because today is a
0: Friday. We always record on Friday mornings. And Friday is my off day technically from my like job at our local church because I work Sunday through Thursday. So that's like my five work days and then my weekends are Friday, Saturday. And It often happens on a Friday. I book my day with, like, podcast stuff in the morning. Some I normally have, like, errands to do. I try to put in, like, one friend thing. And then I'm just, like, doing work around our house. It's, like, the day I want to get all of our, like, cleaning stuff done and just, like, organize our home so that we don't have to do it on the weekend. And probably if I'm being honest, about 50% of the time, I sit there and I'm like, "Whoa, is me. I don't even get a day off. And I'm super selfish with my time. I'm normally begrudgingly like frustrated with my husband or frustrated just with my day. But then other times I do steward that well. But I think it's really easy for me to get in this mindset of like, my time wasn't what I wanted it to be. This was my day off. I should have been able to like get my nails done or like, go hang out and just sit at a coffee shop for a few hours. But I had to like, Clean our house or run these errands or do this stuff. And I hate that. My husband's great and he often calls me out on it. And we normally have a pretty humbling conversation about that because I'm like, no, it's genuinely like I'm, I am filled with joy to honestly do that for our family so that we can have a Saturday to together. But it is a really easy way that I'm like, no, my time's my own you know no one else should be able to speak into what my time is like for this day because it's my time and it's really hard for me i think i mean we laughed at the earlier part of this conversation when we talked about like the clout you receive when like hosting or bringing people into your lives and i'm obviously a huge extrovert i love people and i think i went through season i wouldn't say that i'm there anymore but i think it's really easy to get caught up in that i again when we're like hosting a dinner party or whatever, it's really easy and fun for me to go like very overboard very quickly on my spending. And I really have to check myself often. I have to like remind myself. And again, I like try to verbally bring my husband into this and say like, hey, I want to spend this money on this little extra thing for everyone. Do you think that's fine? Where would that come out of? Trying to be wise in that because I'm like, I I know myself and I know it could easily go into a tendency of like, I want to just do that because it feels over the top and it feels fun and cool. And kind of in a way, if I'm being honest, I want that, I don't know, clout from people. I want people to think, oh, wow, she is the best host or she did go above and beyond and loved us so well. Again, we're saying there's a reality to like, that is okay to want to love and care and be generous to people. But you have to go back to your like heart intent of is my intent to purely love and spoil these people when they're in my home Or is my intent more so like, I want them to think I'm the best and I want them to know that I went really above and beyond. And if I'm being honest, there have been seasons where that's really easy to get caught up in. You guys are like, why are these girls doing the podcast?
1: No. (laughs) We for Uh, sure don't have it all figured out. I hope that, yeah, I mean, I personally would rather listen to a podcast of people that are able to say, hey, this is where I've messed up. I actually think any big teacher or leader the ones i admire most are ones that often share where they're failing and so no i think there's so many avenues places that this can come up cuz again it's such a private inner heart thing issue that like just confess her so if you've been listening to this and like had felt that pit in your stomach at one point or another i know as i was prepping for this episode i definitely had things i was like i'm convicted about that right now like even as i'm saying it and so I believe that's the Holy Spirit. I believe that that's like why we have to have these conversations because we're just really blind to things and areas of our life that are probably causing more of an impact on your spiritual health, your connection with God, your connection with others, maybe your connection with your spouse, than you realize, and it's like, it's okay to say like, I'm going to get serious about this. Like maybe it's really tightening up on a budget for a small season, or maybe it's thinking through like, I don't tithe at all. Like, let me start that this Sunday. There's so many ways or maybe I can, yeah, today, actually, even though I need to get five errands done, it would make my life easier if I could go do that without my kids. Like maybe I'll take some of that time and like go run an errand for a friend or like be sacrificial with that. So I just like to think of that sometimes when I have these conversations of like, where are opportunities in my life today that I could give of my time and money more sacrificially? It doesn't have to be like, a, okay, let me get on that next month or year. Yeah, I was thinking too, like maybe you're a mom or a wife or someone that feels like you've already given enough of yourself. Like maybe you're like, are you kidding me? This is the last thing I want to hear right now. I am drowning in laundry. I've been home with my three kids all week. Like I'm going crazy. You're telling me that I need to be more sacrificial. Like who are you? It's like, I get it. Like, but maybe that's when you need to start praying and asking God like, Lord, show me. Do I think I'm like deserving of like feeling so sacrificial? Like I've given so much of myself. Self-righteous. Self-righteous is the word I was looking for. Am I so self-righteous in the way that I view my time serving my family? Or maybe you're a teacher. Christian on her Fridays. That's what I was trying to describe. Maybe you're a Christian on your Fridays. This is like also like teachers. I love you. My mom, I love you who listens to every episode. She's a teacher, but maybe you're a teacher that just wants to veg out all summer because you're like, hey, I've already done my time this year. My job is H E double hockey sticks. And so I want to just lay around and not do a thing. Like, Okay, maybe God has a different plan in store for your summer. Maybe God wanted to give you some extra time to be able to meet the needs of others with your time this summer. Maybe you're a single girl saving up every penny she has, being really close-fisted with your money so that you can kind of say, well, I want to buy a house that I want. I want to be able to build a life for myself and do it all on my own and show people that I am strong and empowered and financially free, and maybe you're not thinking through the ways that you're clinging on to money when God's saying, actually, I would love for you to give more of that. So to wrap it up, it's not an option for us to live sacrificially. It's not like a good Christian moral or a nice thing to do. It's a commandment. And so it's time to get really honest with ourselves about what this currently looks like in your life and pray to ask God to help with our hearts to want to give more of our time and money because it's not in our nature. Really, really hard. It's so hard. But so good. Yeah. So that's our episode on locking Jesus out of our time and stuff. We have one more episode left, and I hope you guys are enjoying this series. Give us feedback if you are. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If
0: you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast.
1: And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon.